Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Bald Move Television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. We're the officially unofficial podcast, of course, for literally all of television. And you know who owns literally all of television now, Jim? I do, yeah. Uh, it's, it's one Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, a man with a frozen head is running all of our culture. And uh, they they just uh, uh, released their next salvo and their global hegemony. Uh, and that's called Disney+. Plus, and they have a flagship show, The Mandalorian. Uh... John Favreau, mm-hmm. when he dies, frozen head, you think he'll get the Disney treatment? What if he actually is Walt Disney's head socketed into Fuck. an android body? You know, I hadn't even considered. I you mean, could he, be right. He, he initiated the Marvel protocols. He's now initiating the Star Wars protocols. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's, it's not that there's no there there. <laughs> Um, this, uh, this, so this is a a project. It's, um, uh, Jean Favreau is kind of show heading it or show running it along with uh, Dave Filoni, but you might recognize, uh, for a lot of his animation work. Um, he did a lot of work on Avatar, the last airbender, which I quite enjoy star Wars, the clone wars, which I also quite enjoyed. Um, he's been, uh, he was the creator and executive producer of star Wars rebels. And, I feel like all that comes through. Um, what did you think of The Mandalorian? Uh, after watching it, I was a little worried about doing a podcast on it because we we were talking before I had seen it, and you said, "Oh, there's not you know a ton to dig into here. It's kind of it's actiony, and and it's you know got it's doing a certain thing." Uh, and after watching it, I think you're right. There's not a ton to dig into. Maybe a little on the Mandalorian stuff, mm-hmm. um, and they're their culture, but I thought it was good. It was it was well directed. It was well acted. Uh, looks great. I I thought the music was was really cool most of the time. They were kind of they were evoking some sort of you know spaghetti western, uh, Morricone kind of uh, feel to the whole soundtrack, uh-huh. uh, which worked really well. It was almost like in some places like an East meets West kind of thing too. Like Seven Samurai meets, you know, Fistful of Dollars or Good Bad Ugly. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that that whole vibe worked for me. I mm-hmm. thought the action was pretty good. Uh, nothing, nothing stellar. Nothing crazy. Uh, it was fairly small scale for this first episode. Yeah, we'll do a little bit kind of non-spoiler kind of general thoughts up front, and then we'll get spoilery when we mm-hmm. – uh, we'll, we'll warn you before we do um, because I do want to talk a little bit about the action scenes. Um, okay. I felt like this is very much a live-action um, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, mm-hmm. Its tone was very young adult. Um, there's a couple things where it's like uh, this is the very first scene. A man gets bisected by a door. And I'm like, hmm, that's a little, mm-hmm. that's, that's, but, but I, I, my expectation in, going into this project is going to be a little bit darker and more rough and tumble. This is going to be like a Star Trek Deep Space Nine to, you know, the rest of the Star Wars kind of like uh, swashbuckling image. Um, so I was a little surprised at how, um, how surface level everything stayed. And also hmm. um, how goofy the Mandalorian is allowed to look at some times in this, in this show. Like I thought that he, you know, Boba Fett never, well, I guess that's not true. Boba Fett did look goofy when he was sliding into the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> yeah, looked little, pretty stupid. Little anticlimactic uh, bounty hunter action there. So maybe yeah. maybe this is in the DNA of a Mandalorian. Their their, their <laughs> looks are a lot more fearsome than their their actual uh, on screen skill set. Um, yeah, but that, that bisection you're talking about is 
is bisecting in the most Star Wars Star Wars way possible. Yeah. There's no, no blood. It's, no one screaming. It's like the the losing of the hand in the cantina. Yeah. Uh, in Episode Four, it's, which actually that's one of the more metal things in Star Wars. Like right. that actually yeah. had visible blood and it was cured pretty pretty gnarly. Yeah, but it's still very very tame compared to what you would expect from like an HBO, for instance. Oh uh, yeah yeah. For <laughs> if sure. they bisected someone, it would be disgusting. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised though, and if I if I did. Um, you know, look a little bit more into Dave Filoni, uh, Filoni's background. This probably wouldn't have me, take me by surprise. Plus, like, Disney's flagship pro- program wasn't going to be some kind of R-rated, you know, <laughs> or even hard, AGPG-13 rated affair. Yeah, it just yeah. felt like, you know, you got bounty hunters and wretched hives of scum and villainy. You could you could do a lot with that, and they're, they're <laughs> not. They're not. Um, I think that... We've seen one episode. We We've seen one episode. Be clear, yeah. we didn't get screeners or anything. It's just what's out right now. Let me ask you this: Did it feel like Star Wars? Yes, very much so. I thought so too, and that's like you can't really take that for granted. No, uh, and as, as a Star Wars fan nowadays, I, um, I mean, if they nail the set design, which I think they did, it's gonna get you ninety percent of the way to sure. feeling like Star Wars. Yeah, I. I think the Western motif they were going for worked, although it doesn't make it feel any more like Star Wars to me. Mm-hmm. But everything around the the edges is is right on. Yeah, the set design. I thought like the planets that you chose to visit were very like mm-hmm. you know the Star Wars planets come in jungle, ocean, sand, and ice variety. Yeah, and two Pick of those biomes are, are represented. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I thought that looked I thought um, the character design was great. I appreciated mm-hmm. some of the the, the world building because like I don't know there's a lot of I guess Mandalorian trivia or cultural stuff that is exposed here and I wasn't sure because yeah. I I started kind of got out of reading Star Wars novels right around the end of the um, the Yuzhen Vong stuff like mm-hmm. I kind of okay. bailed like uh, I guess not even midway through early on in that so like a lot of the Mandalorian novels that like uh, was a Karen Travis wrote um, a lot of the Clone Wars stuff that delved into like the clone troopers and their culture and mm-hmm. the Mandalorian culture I am not up on but with Disney being what it is it wouldn't surprise me if they this is entirely new like you know all that shit apocrypha mm-hmm. all this real shit um, but I thought it was kind of interesting and fascinating um, yeah I'm, I'm curious to see what they elaborate on here mm-hmm. because that was probably the meatiest part of, like i mentioned of mm-hmm. the episode the rest is like action and you know getting you from here to there mm-hmm. uh but yeah they they go into the mandalorian culture a little bit mm-hmm. and i have a feeling it's the tip of the iceberg if i know anything about mandalorians yeah so everything they're doing there i thought was really cool um it, the pacing was pretty slow you know, like outside uh-huh. of like an action yeah. scene or two, there was a lot of like you, you, they do lean into that kind of spaghetti Western. That's where I guess yeah. I I'm trying to think, like, who is this show made for? I'm curious to see what my son thinks about it, hmm. um, because like if they nail like the teenage boy and girl market, then they're going to be in in in, uh, in good hands. Because I just kept thinking like it's it's it wasn't a long like this is bar- like 40 40 minutes. It's mm-hmm. clearly cut to where Disney can put this on the Disney Channel later or maybe run it a couple of years from now on ABC or something like that and put yeah. it into commercials. Um, it's not like an HBO purpose-built hour or hour 15 or whatever it needs to be. Mm-hmm. It's very TV-friendly. Um, but even then, with the, the kind of brief runtime, which I thought was a little bit of surprising, it felt like it was longer than that. Not necessarily in like a drug-on kind of way. It's hmm. just it's very slow and, and deliberate. And there's a lot of establishing shots and a lot of like... Yeah. 
you know, like you said, those spaghetti westerns of like the Mandalorian against a stark desert background. Mm-hmm. And he's very small in the frame against this enormous canyon landscape and stuff like that. That kind of yeah. it's and, like and, and journey scenes, like getting from a place to a place. Half this half the episode is that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's that's kind of a bold choice to make a, your your pilot episode essentially be half of it the is the the walking around scenes of Lord of the Rings, you know. Oh yeah, I mean they're they're putting a stamp on this for sure. Uh-huh. The the tone, the feel, uh, yeah. the style, everything. Um, I think I don't know how much more I can talk about before I get into spoilers. I guess I also was impressed with the casting. You know, I I knew a lot of these people like Carl, Carl, Carl Weathers being mm-hmm. involved and uh Werner Herzog, Herzog being involved. Um uh there might have been I know there's big fate there's another there's more big character or big names to come. Gina Carano is uh going to feature I imagine heavily since she's one of the three kind of like stars depicted on the 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 screen art. Oh, mm-hmm. before we get to the spoilers, can we talk about the Disney Plus experience itself? Oh, yes, please. Because Fuck. I was shocked at how rough and tumble uh, I haven't done anything but the PS4, but uh, the PS4, when I started Mandalorian, it restarted the Mandalorian three times without me touching anything. I get like 15 <laughs> seconds into it, roll back to the beginning. I got 30 seconds into it, roll. I thought, I thought I was at a theater that couldn't get the, the lighting right, so they keep on restarting. Mm-hmm. And then there was a lot of buffering. Yeah. A lot of like hitching and pausing. I think the audio got desynced at one point. And Oof. worst of all, in a, in a, 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 a television show that features like five minutes of Werner Herzog dialogue, <laughs> the fucking subtitles wouldn't work. So, they were there. Yeah. I turned them on. The little graphic indicated they were on. No subtitles. I had the same problem. So I don't know what's up with my screen. Maybe I'm not calibrated correctly, but I noticed when I turned the subtitles on, there were these tiny little white dots at the top of my screen. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are these weird artifacts? And mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my fiance pointed out to me it's that basic. <laughs> they have subtitles in basic. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I thought the empire was done, but uh, <laughs> they there might be imperial insignia. I don't fucking uh-huh, know. Uh-huh. No, they they turned out to be the subtitles at the top of my screen off screen i wonder if that's what happened because but the thing is is i know just like last week um because i i noticed that there uh i just started playing and i know a couple years late to the party horizon zero dawn mm-hmm. and i noticed that there's some like screen elements were like really crowded to the, and i checked because yeah. i'm like i don't know if i've ever actually done this and i recalibrated the playstation so it so like is the disney plus app just <laughs> over scanning like fuck your screen know. resolution settings we know where to put the i so weird. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't the only complaint I had. The, yes, the subtitles don't work, which sucks if you're hard of hearing or deaf. Yeah. Uh, it basically makes it impossible to watch this show. Although Thanks, it's pretty Disney. sparse, sparse dialogue, uh, you know. Yeah, for the most part. But there's there's some in there that you need to know. Like yeah, for when, sure. When Herzog gets on the screen, you probably need to pay attention <laughs> to that scene. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So that was a problem. Uh, there is no preview when you fast forward or rewind, which really sucks. Mm-hmm. And I found that out when I was rewinding the entire fucking episode because there is no restart episode button in the interface yeah. are you fucking kidding me wow as a matter of fact there's no well, information it's a good thing it didn't preview because it was spoiled everything in reverse you did like had a little memento moment you know <laughs> right no yeah you had watched it and then i went on there because we share an account as bald move mm-hmm. uh, and i rewound i had to rewind the entire episode to get to the beginning uh also one thing that really annoyed me because we were trying to decide if we had time to watch the episode because we had Really busy schedule yesterday has ha- uh, has has happened of of late yeah. yeah and 
and we were sitting down for dinner and we're like, okay, can we watch this thing? We go to the Disney Plus interface. Oh, after it coming up twice and saying, sorry, there you can't use this right now. Hmm. Try again later. Interesting. Uh, I assume from all the traffic and, and Disney being cheap and not paying for bandwidth or something. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but once we finally did get to the interface, we are like, how long is this episode? Typically, I would look on the information screen for the episode, I don't know, perhaps right next to the play button, perhaps right under the screenshot, mm-hmm. maybe near the title of the episode, yeah. which are the only three things in the entire Disney Plus interface. Mm-hmm. Play, screenshot, episode title. There, is, Like I said, there's no restart button, there's no runtime to tell me how long was there an this episode thing is synopsis before I choose. Either? No synopsis, wow, no description, nothing. Wow. There is nothing. This, in my opinion, Disney Plus is not ready for release. It did feel a little half-baked. Some of these maybe are technical issues, but like some of that stuff yeah. is just like, I mean, I don't think that PlayStation 4 is exactly a niche media center. I tried it on my phone too, my iOS device. Really? Which is certainly not niche. Uh-huh. Uh, same same issue every every issue i just discussed it was all the same on the ios device i want to try i think the next time i'm going to try it on roku because that's probably the biggest most well-supported device that i have like i imagine roku's yeah. got a bigger install base than playstation i don't know maybe not um but yeah, mm, I, yeah. I i i kind of agree it was it did feel a little half-baked which is shocking with how much lead up and how much money they've spent on licensing i'm sure they'll get it all fixed because you know the thing is about this is disney i mean they can lose a billion dollars a year on this and like not blink an <laughs> eye yeah. You know, like they lose a billion dollars a year. That's like half of what they made on one Marvel movie. So right. like whoop de fucking do like this. They can they can spend everybody else into bankruptcy if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got money and I'm sure they don't have idiots working for them. So I'm sure they'll get some of this stuff fixed. Um, With the exception of Apple. I mean, big, big players are moving into this space. It's true. You know, it's not just the the upstart Netflix it is actually, competing you know against HBO anymore. I- I'm curious to see how HBO Max goes because... So far, the two big guys, uh, Apple and Disney, have kind of shit to bed. Yeah. Uh, Disney doesn't have a lot of original content outside of like the Mandalorian that a lot of people mm-hmm. are excited about until like yeah, 2020 like... or even 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, their interface kind of sucks. I haven't seen Apple's interface, but I do know that they fired their 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 uh, d- director <laughs> of creative two weeks after the launch. Uh-huh. So like, that's not probably a, a great sign i don't no, know i haven't tried apple tv Plus i haven't either yet. i did because like i i thought that the space show that was uh yeah. for all of us right for all mankind for all mankind yeah. looked kind of interesting uh-huh. and there's also i saw a trailer when we were watching american horror story last night for this m night Shyamalan uh series called the servant hmm. which seems like it might be kind of like ai or robot or just creepy um so there's definitely some content I'm interested in, but I don't know. Maybe it's god-awful. I haven't seen any reviews of it. I don't know why you would fire your creative director like right after <laughs> launch, but somebody's not happy. Uh, do we want to talk more meta, or we want to get right into some spoilers for The Mandalorian? Hell, let's get into the spoilers. Some brief housekeeping. First up, uh, on Swizzbold, our new network that Jim, Cecily, and I launched, uh, the debut of Three Right Turns, a political podcast that I'm hosting. It's an introduction pod where I talk about my cultural, religious, and economic background and how it informs the show and the objectives of Three Right Turns. If that sounds cool, check out swizzbold.com or search for Three Right Turns uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Pickle Me This, our Rick and Morty podcast, is banging this week because the season premiere of Rick and Morty just dropped season four. It was amazing. It's a good time. 
Uh, there's a bunch of fascist Care Bears in it. Check that out on Pickle Me This. On Bald Blue TV, Alexis and Cecily are doing his dark materials on HBO, a.k.a. her magical ferret hour. I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck even is dust. Bald Movies features Dr. Sleep last week. This week, we're going to be seeing Ford versus Ferrari. Check that out if you're interested in those movies. We had the finale of American Horror Story. Our Watchmen podcast, We Do, is still weird as fuck. You can find the latest stuff we're doing at baldmove.com or search for any of these show names where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Okay. Do we think we're going to see Pedro Pascal's face this season? Uh, I thought we were going to see it this episode. I when they were saying, is it, it's, I hear it's true that the Mandalorians never take their helmets off. I'm like, oh, well, at the end of the episode, he's going to pull off his helmet, sure. reveal his beautiful Pedro Pascal face. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Didn't happen. Yeah. Um, I thought that he did bring a nice physicality to the performance, assuming yeah. that like a lot of the performance of the physicality was him, because mm-hmm. that's the thing with the helmet. Who the fuck knows? It could be, <laughs> right. it could be the, the the corpse of Jet Li in there. Um, <laughs> but he did like I, I noticed like in, um, the way he moved was a lot more, um, you know, man with no name. Like, you know, hand never far from his hip, yeah. shoulders kind of like at a 45 degree, like a gunslinger than like uh, the traditional Boba Fett who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of like carried his, uh, what do you call that? What's a Star Wars assault rifle? Blaster rifle and in, in, in kind of like more of a special ops fashion. This guy's clearly more of yeah. a gunslinger. Also feels like, um, I don't know, you've got a, like a Mandalorian on the up and come. Like on, uh, yeah. like he's up and mm-hmm. coming, a Mandalorian. He's, he's. But but it's weird because it's like they also talk about how he's got this fearsome reputation. Yeah. But it feels like maybe he's like this is. So they also have this um, Mandalorian ceremony where uh, he earns through his deeds and valor, and I guess by having the material, this this particular type of steel, this busker steel, mm-hmm. um, they they earn like their suit of armor, and like it looks like he started with his helmet, and now he's earned a pauldron. Um, yeah. Like is is are we gonna is this gonna be like um an RPG where he's just going to get uh-huh. like he's gonna get his left right chest kneecaps I, boots I assume so yeah uh, what I hope they don't do is once once per episode he gets peace yeah that'd be a little much yeah I think over the run of the entire show like we should get to the final season where he's just assembling the full suit of armor uh, do, do are we gonna but are we seriously gonna see his face uh, this whole season. Because else, why do you hire Pedro Pascal? Right, uh, that, that's the thing. Like, I kept, I kept thinking during this episode, like something is keeping me a little bit detached from uh-huh. this story. And I realized somewhere along the way that it was I. I don't know who's under that helmet. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing facial expressions. They're doing a respectable job. They are conveying everything they need to convey without that. But there's also been a pretty but limited it, range of what they've needed to convey so far. Absolutely, and it does limit my attachment to the character. Yeah. Um, so I think they will 
very very soon probably reveal his face yeah because so far he's had to intimidate and had to have like a thousand yard stare while he's Mm -hmm. reliving traumatic flashbacks to his childhood as a foundling i guess they did reveal his face just a very young version of his face yeah i actually thought it was weird because um i thought his young mandalorian had kind of a passing resemblance um especially in some of the quick cuts to the young boba fett from the prequels Hmm. okay um i mean very superficial yeah yeah um but when it's and i'm like oh shit or you know is is this actually you know did, did i don't know anything about mandalorian lore um like is it like some kind of a canonical that they're all clones or they all look a lot like Django or i don't know i don't know couldn't tell you um also now that we what we know with mandalorian lore was like boba fett just like a busted up homeless mandalorian because <laughs> he, uh, he didn't have he didn't have shit for armor yeah his dad like Django, was all gleaming like he must have been a mandalorian's mandalorian he had all that fucking busker armor uh but but boba looked like he just fished it out of a fucking dumpster man yeah i'm trying to figure out so based on the timing this takes mm-hmm. place obviously after return of the jedi the empire has fallen mm-hmm. uh it takes place how long do you think it takes place i heard five years thrown around but like that it seems sounds like it could be right it's weird because like people act like the fall of the empire has just recently happened but then when you see like i think you're supposed to understand that uh uh Werner herzog is like a maybe a former yeah region like planetary moth or whatever and mm-hmm. he's got some busted ass leftover scrounge stormtrooper that he's it's like a, it's like a, a almost a gang yeah and i'm like huh how much how long would it take the stormtroopers to look that scuffed versus mm-hmm. how long would it take for imperial credits to completely lose all value um it, but but yeah i heard five years but i don't think it was established in in the show no i don't think i don't think so um I wonder if they're leading this story into kind of the stuff that happens with uh, Adam Driver in in like Force Awakens and like where he's sort of renewed the spirit of the Empire. Yeah, I, I don't know because like I I was seeing some people say that stuff on the forums and like I had a little uh, Twitter back and forth going and um, I mean the Force Awakens if this is five years after the fall of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still 15 years out, right? Right. You have time to, to rebuild something. Right. So you've got like, you know, probably Ray and, uh, uh, Rin are two t- toddlers, maybe Finn. Yeah. Um, no, Rin and, oh yeah. All of them. Honestly, the, the whole main cast of the, the force awakens are all like, <laughs> I, toddlers. I think Rin is the shipper name. <laughs> is it? Okay. I, I don't know. Is it Ky- I thought it was Kylo Rin and Ray. Kylo okay. Rin, Ray, Finn. <laughs> yeah. Is it Rilo Kin? It's very confusing. Don't do this to me, Jim. <laughs> I thought I had this shit all straightened it's out. Rilo Kylie. Okay. Uh, uh, agreed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like there's a little bit of um, uh, a, a little bit of uh, kind of ambiguity about like how strong are these Imperial f- forces remaining? What does yeah. the galaxy look like? I mean, obviously the galaxy is still rough and tumble enough to need the services of bounty hunters. Although I don't know because there's also talk about like work drying up or maybe work being farmed out to like you know, non-guild because they don't mind mm-hmm. it being sloppy. So I guess that implies that maybe the galaxy's a little, maybe not as, as law and order places when the empire is running things. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't think it, it should be five years after the fall of, yeah. of, of the only power controlling the galaxy. Of a, of a fascist military dictatorship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But uh, I wonder, so there's a couple other things to talk about. Um, I was surprised when we went to the second planet 
um, that he, he he hooks up this vapor farmer. Um, there's just a really silly scene of him riding like some kind of off-brand Chocobo from Final Fantasy and like breaking it and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I just thought that's a weird choice because the first half of this show builds up the Mandalorian to be this real badass. And mm-hmm. I kind of have a problem with that too because like he he's like a badass but like a John Wick kind of badass where it's like he's very good at what he does but also he doesn't seem like he can be killed. Like he takes multiple blaster yeah, yeah. fires. He's it, it, nothing about him is, is like maybe quick or cool. It's more of like he's he's a tank mm-hmm. and he's got heavy firepower. Um and then Yeah, which we know is like a property of Mandalorian armor. Like it's it's you know, stronger than typical armor, certainly stronger than stormtrooper armor. Yeah. So uh, you can take a few shots. Did uh do we know why do we know that? Is that just uh, is that's that... just osmosis from years of being a Star Wars fan. I I know so I read Tales of the Bounty Hunters, sure. which uh, has a story in there, a short story about Boba Fett after he gets dumped in the Sarlacc pit. Right. I think maybe some of that was gleaned from there. Okay. Because I was trying to think, because I know Darth Vader's like shoulder pad took a light, a glancing lightsaber blow in Empire, yeah. and I was trying to think of like when Luke was fighting him on the skiff. Like, I think the only time like Boba Fett and lightsaber came face to face, it was against his gun that got sliced in half. I don't think yeah, yeah. I was trying to think like did Luke, Luke take a swing and it kind of like bounced off his armor? Because think so. I was I just was absentmindedly reading some Mandalorian lore, Mandalore. Uh, <laughs> lore and it said that like this busker steel can deflect uh, like a glancing lightsaber blow wow but I don't know because I feel like there's like 15 different elements in Star Wars like there's that Corbomite or whatever like uh, mm-hmm. the, whatever the because you remember those Jedi Academy games where obviously you needed a class of enemy that you couldn't just mow down with a lightsaber right. so it's like oh they've got Corbomite armor which is lightsaber resistant and I, yeah, I don't know I mean the prequels you've got you know enemies fighting fucking anakin and stuff with with just energy weapons that Mm -hmm. aren't lightsabers there's plenty of stuff that is you know impervious to a lightsaber but yeah like i said i they they built up him up to be this big badass and then they have him kind of like uh in a you know it's not quite a bantapudu type scene but no but i think this is like trying to establish his place in mandalorian society or Uh or the Mandalorian society's place within the galaxy at this uh-huh. point, because like what I knew of Boba Fett was that he was considered, you know, not the last of his kind, but mm-hmm. a, a dwindling, the last of a, or one of few of a dwindling race. That right? still seems to be the case. Like the Mandalorians does, are like kind of yeah. not quite in hiding, but they've lost a lot of things. And they talked about like how it's nice that he's reclaimed some of the steel, like a fraction of the steel that their clan right. used so to they have. They can find and, more foundlings. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, clad them out with their armor, but like the 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 writing scene, there there's a line from Ron Perlman. Uh, it's not Ron Perlman, but this this Muppet looks just like Ron Perlman, right? <laughs> it does, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> uh, there's a line from Ron Perlman uh, where he says something about like, "Oh, you're a Mandalore, like your people rode the great." Husker I think he's do. referring to like the Loctus Monster deal that Boba Fett rode in the holiday special, which they fucking name check. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Life Day. Yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> uh-huh. There are a lot of little references. But I-, I think what they're trying to do is say the Mandalorians are in disarray. This is their opportunity. This is their chance. And we're going to follow them on this journey of re-piecing together their society. Mm. Or at least trying to. I think that'd be cool. And And, and you know, part of this, like, Part of that is pride. Part of that is like the the cultural knowledge and heritage, like all all the things that they kind of lost when they were 
fucking destroyed practically. I still think that the scene was goofy. I think that they, yeah, yeah. I, I think that they, like, for example, these creatures that like maul him for several minutes before he's rescued by the Ron Perlman, um, they should be at least as fearsome as the as the vicious seal that almost drug his ship under from the beginning. Uh-huh. Like, I, I felt like, you know, these guys just weren't like really credible threats. They're just weird looking toothy frogs, mm-hmm. and I think they could have been a little bit more vicious if they if you wanted me to like believably think that like, oh, this is going to you know. And I also don't understand why they're a different planet's version of a dewback, like. I didn't look at them as particularly threatening either. Well, but but also I didn't see any dewbacks. It's like run like Boba Fett didn't get his shoulder tuned by a dewback and getting drugged halfway across right. the planet. Like what I'm saying yeah. is like, is this guy a, a a ruthless badass or is this guy able to be waylaid by a, a, a Tatooine version of a fucking pit bull? Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like there was a little bit of cognitive dissonance. But again, it's like that's where the YA kept on. Well, we can't have it be too scary because it's a fight. Yeah, and they're they're building to that. Like I think they don't want it to be a badass in the beginning. They mm-hmm. want to wait. You know, they want to piece together a suit of armor. The same mm-hmm. at the same time, he's piecing together his badass credentials and skills. And so by the end of this, I expect him to be a badass. Yeah, I really liked the IG uh, eleven scene. Uh, I thought that was the funnest action scene. That like robot just like remorselessly walking through, but his whole like hit because yeah, you know yeah, IG eighty eight. They uh, um, in the scene. Um, in, in the Empire Strikes Back, he just looks like this immobile mummy. Yeah. And, like, how could this thing ever be? But, like, when you see there, it in motion where it's, it's, its head's constantly spinning for new targets and it's, it's like, you know, he, he's a, he's addressing multiple targets and it's very, but it's also still very Wild West, like, uh, oh, yeah. Like Doc Holliday and Tombstone, like doing like all these fancy trick shots. I yeah, thought that people was on really top cool. Of buildings, yeah. shooting down at him from yeah, yeah, yeah. behind, you know, out, out of the saloon, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I do think I don't have a good idea. The thing that I think that they need need to for for this to really connect with me as an adult i think i and this goes to a little bit of like you with marvel movies it's like i need to have an idea of what is lethal Mm, um because uh nothing like i don't understand why multiple multiple blaster shots would not take ig uh, 11 down not 88 11 down Mm. i don't know why like a crew served fucking floating uh, 50 caliber machine gun wouldn't take him down mm-hmm. but like a single shot from the Mandalorian sidearm will yeah um, how many shots can the Mandalorian take before he's in danger like um, there's there's there, there I, I, I don't it, it helps it, it's it's keeping me from understanding what the stakes are from each scene mm-hmm. and that's a little bit of a problem with like um, John Wick too like what actually does it take to kill John Wick but John <laughs> Wick is not that kind of movie you know he's, yeah he's in he's intended to be an unstoppable killing force that you're not really supposed to believe that could ever be taken down he's a semi-mythological being i is that how i'm supposed to treat the mandalorian yeah i mean it, the show's called the mandalorian there's yeah. no way they're gonna kill the mandalorian sure but he should be able to be put in danger certainly like his compatriots yeah. should be able to put in danger and like i don't i don't know because like this i literally watched him and this droid take on like 150 dudes mm-hmm. with zero problem um what did you think as it seemed like the the other thing that was mixed reaction on the internet was baby yoda <laughs> um, i think it looks a little creepy but yoda, i think that was actually surprisingly cute i actually was sitting up in my chair like holy shit uh he's gonna let this kid get killed like mm-hmm. this is gonna tell me something about him uh, and then it turns out he kills IG-11, which I'm sure is going to get him into some kind of shit with the Bounty Hunters yeah, Guild. probably. Maybe gives him in shit with his tribe of Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Um, but why? 
Like I, th- I mean, because he doesn't want to what he sees as a baby killed, I guess. And I I, that's that's consistent with like you know going back to Tales of the Bounty Hunter. Like one of the things they established with Boba Fett is he got this rigid code of honor and and what he considers justice. Uh, I, I guess the the more pertinent question in my mind is what does he do from here? Does mm-hmm. he take the bounty in? Yeah. Uh, hand it over to Werner Herzog for whatever devious uh, purpose and nefarious shit he's going to get up to. Yeah. Or does he take it back to the Mandalorians, uh, to his enclave, and sort of protect it uh, as he would like a foundling? You know. I have another question. Like Bo, uh, like Yoda's always bragging about like how he's nine hundred years old and he's this ancient Jedi master. Well, mm-hmm. if you spent the first two hundred fifty years in fucking diapers, Yoda, <laughs> right. who gives a shit? When when yeah. three hundred years old you be you not shit your pants like that's <laughs> what I this kid's fifty years old and uh-huh. he's a fetus. I was I was thinking he about it. He belongs in a marsupial patch pouch. F- fifty years old is one eighteenth of Yoda's life, right? Yeah. So if if we were to compare that to human life, we're talking about like a six year old, maybe may, no, uh-huh. like a five year old if yeah. you're lucky. Yeah. A four year old that kind of makes sense. I mean. You know, it, it's no different, I guess, than a human lifespan. Although the thing is pretty young. That thing's like a one-year-old. That's what I'm saying. Had. It's like it's an infant. Yeah. It's not even a toddler. It's a fucking in a baby bassinet infant. Uh, do you think there's going to be any connection to the Yoda? Because if Man. so, that's going to be a little annoying for me. I mean, they've already done... So the the prequels did establish that there are others of Yoda's race, although... There's a female Yoda on the Jedi Council. Exactly, yeah. They, so, they, they smush? Smush green uglies? And... No, well, that was going to be my point, is that they don't do anything like that. They don't like they don't ever make a connection between them other than they're both Jedi on the Council. What a, hypo- what a hypocrite telling Anakin that he can't have Padme and Yoda's smashing everything on the Council <laughs> right. with vaguely bipedal... Humanoid uh-huh. forms. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, no twee like is safe. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't have, uh, I don't have much more to say about this show. I'm definitely uh, curious to watching it. I, I think my son's going to enjoy it, and that'll be fun to watch with him. Yeah, uh, some, some of the, some of the other world building they did, I thought was interesting with the bounty hunting, because like the, there, there are oh, two yeah. layers, right? There's the Mandalorian, but then there's also the bounty hunting, and there's like mm-hmm. a whole system for it. They mm-hmm. have these bounty pucks mm-hmm. which give you kind of identify your target but they also have these chain codes i think is what they call them yeah hard to tell without subtitles thanks disney right uh, like what's the difference in a puck and a there is like they like is you get a puck it's like no you get a square only. right do you want the chip no i wanted the fucking puck why is there a chip no puck dude yeah like, yeah, yeah v- very confusing in that regard but i think like the chain codes they sort of make out to be sort of like identifying codes that tell you information about the yeah. the target. Yeah. Because you're only giving them the last four, which I don't know why you need four fucking characters to give somebody an age. Well, I mean, you probably got, uh, maybe the long, maybe the longest lived sentient life form is like in the thousands, but not 10,000. Maybe. I mean, Yoda almost got the thousand, so you need four digits there. Yeah. You would if you have a uh, somebody who lives a little a little cleaner than Yoda yeah. <laughs> did. Uh-huh. You have one of his species. Yeah, you could get to a thousand. Okay, then yeah. But I thought it was interesting that they sort of have these numeric codes, sort of like a VIN number on a car, right? Yeah, that tells like you it, about it, the, every bit of it tells you a little bit yeah. about the the target and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah, that's the central mystery is like who is this baby Yoda? What do they want? They had this one character who looks like he might be some kind of imperial scientist. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who's played by the 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 gin, um, 
I've only seen this guy in one other thing. He uh, in the American Gods, he plays the Jin, the genie's uh, boyfriend. Hmm. Okay. Um, and I really enjoy him in that role. So I'm I'm hoping he gets a, l- a little bit more to do. I mean, is this this feels like is this going to be like a season long plot? Like the the baby Yoda, and I assume so. Because yeah. that's the other thing is like, are we really in for a whole season of the Mandalorian Jason Statham-ing his way through the action with a baby carrier in hand? You know, like yeah, no, I mean that's why the most you take this cool character and you saddle him with a baby. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. But, I mean, there's a lot you could do with it, right? He takes yeah. it back to the Mandalorians, and then suddenly they're under threat. And they... A Yoda foundling? Oh, my God. Yeah. I kind of actually want to see a two-foot-tall Mandalorian. <laughs> Put it in armor? Because <laughs> <laughs> they, would they mold, like, helmet dents for uh-huh. his, like, ears to fit in? And Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I, okay, I, I change. I, you're going to have to wait 300 years for him to grow into even the two-foot set of armor, but sure. Yeah. Plus economical you get a bunch of yoda foundlings uh mm-hmm. one pauldron piece can clothe that can can make a whole suit for them hell yeah yeah i think how many more foundlings you could you could outfit with that kind of donation there mm-hmm. um yeah mandalorian we'll see how it goes we'll see how the platform itself evolves uh i'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing some uh classic disney stuff because i think there's a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. like cecily's not seen like um uh fox and the hound and lady and the tramp and uh, stuff like that. Uh, the live just, action or the uh, no the the old cartoon versions. Plus, there's like a whole bunch of shit that I watched as a kid, like the fucking Apple Dumpling Gang with like uh, Don Knox and Andy Rooney. I'm like, is that because hmm. I, I remember having kind of fond memories of that? Is like, does that hold up at all, or is it, you have to be like three years old to enjoy something like that? But, yeah, Darkwing Duck. I'm curious Darkwing about that one Duck. And, for the same reason. Fuck yeah, then and gargoyles. Let's get dangerous. That'd be interesting to see if Gargoyles holds up. Cause like, mm-hmm. I think that like, I, I hold that in as a high esteem as like Batman, the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen Batman the animated series and it does hold up. I, I wonder if Gargoyles does too. Uh, but yeah, we'll be, uh, I, I actually, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make any hard and fast promises about what kind of frequency we're going to be covering this. Um, one of the reasons we didn't go, uh, full on with episode by episode discussion of Mandalorian is because number one, we wouldn't know if, if it's going to be any good. Number two, we are absolutely just fucking swamped right now. Yeah. Um, but we are going to, we, I will say that we plan on revisiting this from time to time on bald move television. Um, so, uh, lots of good reasons to subscribe to bald move television. It's also a, a home of our coverage of uh, his dark materials on HBO. Um, and, uh, anything else that we have to fit into, uh, that in, in the holiday season. Uh, if you have feedback for us, you can always send that in to TV at baldmove.com. You can also discuss our coverage along with your fellow fans at forums.baldmove.com. Anything else before we go, Jim? No. Nope. All right. We'll see you sometime in the galaxy far, far away a long time from now. Something. Uh, until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See ya.